0: My name's Red, and I want to tell you about the Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Oh, more than These fools worship Transformers. Decepticons,
1: transform and rise up.
2: Robots with emotions. Robots can
1: die.
2: Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of Fan Holes Transformers Tuesdays, the Transformers spin off show where we talk about Transformers all the time, every time. This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, and of course, I am joined by Mike tonight, but we also have a very special guest joining us tonight. All the way in from the future of 2006, we've got Kyle Benning from King Size Comics, Giant Size Fun. Hey, what's up, Kyle?
1: Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having
2: me. So, if you haven't figured it out, we're actually here to talk about the epic Transformers UK saga comics. There was a saga that was collected from issues 78 to 88, and it was entitled Target 2006. This actually ran in, I guess, serialized form in the UK in those magazines from September 13th to November 22nd in the year 1986. And per Mike's request, I stole a synopsis, a, a, a simpler synopsis from Marvel crossovers blogspot.com so shout out to those guys for their their succinct synopses. So just to get us started, Transformers 78 to88 here we go. the present day Decepticons circa 1986 have also managed to claim Cybertron, but Emirate Xeron of the Autobots has a plan to change that by setting a trap with help from Impactor. On Earth, Optimus Prime, Ratchet, and Prowl are addressing the Autobots when they disappear right before their optical sensors. Elsewhere, Galvatron, Scourge, and Cyclonus materialize in the present. A team of Autobots spy on the Earth-based Decepticons to find out if they're behind their leader's disappearance. Instead, they witness Galvatron, introducing himself to his past self Megatron as the future leader of the Decepticons. Megatron turns down an alliance only to be buried under rubble by Galvatron's blast. On Cybertron, Xeron informs Ultra Magnus that the Creation Matrix appears to have disappeared from existence, putting Operation Volcano in jeopardy. Meanwhile, Galvatron has taken over the present-day Decepticons and put the Constructicons to work, building a weapon powerful enough to destroy Unicron. Cyclonus attacks the spying Autobots, seriously damaging Jazz, as Ultra Magnus makes the jump from Cybertron in time to rescue Hound. Taking him back to the Autobot base, Magnus is met with hostility from Jetfire. Elsewhere, Galvatron contacts the Autobots to tell them that Jazz is his prisoner. Ultra Magnus continues his search for Optimus Prime, while Jetfire leads a team of Autobots on a rescue mission that completely fails. Ironhide is allowed to crawl back to base, but chooses to free Megatron from the rubble instead. Impactor on Cybertron prepares his team the Wreckers for Operation Volcano. Despite it looking like the mission might be canceled without the presence of Ultra Magnus, the team are willing to fight on and risk certain death. Back on Earth, Starscream breaks out of the Autobot stasis pods in the Ark and finds Megatron preparing to lead an assault on the Decepticons. Ultra Magnus continues to stay out of the fight and tries to locate Optimus Prime. Then, Megatron and his team of Autobots successfully capture Scourge. On Cybertron, Emirate Xeron gets Springer, Broadside and Sandstorm the Autobot Triple Changers to stand in for Ultra Magnus when they launch Operation Volcano. Back on Earth, Galvatron reveals his origin to Jazz, explaining that Unicron transformed him from Megatron into Galvatron. Cyclonus tells Megatron how he beat up Starscream, and that Scourge has been captured by the Autobots and Megatron. Hot Rod, Cup, and Blur transport themselves back from the year 2006, making Thundercracker, Frenzy, and Shockwave blink out of existence. Galvatron tests his laser cannon on the Decepticon's orbiting ship, obliterating it. Starscream allies himself with Galvatron against Megatron. Cup explains his team's arrival to Ultra Magnus, who realizes Galvatron is the reason why Optimus disappeared. The Autobots exchange Scourge for Jazz, only to discover Jazz has been turned into a zombified version of himself, who immediately attacks the Autobots. Starscream blocks Megatron's sneak attack, and Ultra Magnus finally arrives to confront Galvatron. Ultra Magnus lures Galvatron away from the cannon to allow Cup's team to set a trap. Galvatron rides Ultra Magnus's roof down the freeway until their fight ends with Magnus blocking Galvatron's deadly blast with a fuel tanker. They both survive the explosion, but Galvatron is still standing. Galvatron returns to the cannon to find Cyclonus and Scourge unconscious, unaware that Cup is ready to blow charges to destroy the weapon and kill the future Decepticon leader. Despite Ultra Magnus and the Autobots getting in the way, Cup sets the charges off. Galvatron survives, but is confronted by Starscream. Galvatron kills Starscream in a rage and realizes this must be an alternate timeline if Starscream is now dead. He takes Cyclonus and Scourge back to the future, unaware that quote-unquote Starscream was just the repainted corpse of Skywarp. In the future, Unicron reveals that he mentally manipulated Cup, Hot Rod, and Blur into going back and stopping Galvatron. Cup and the others put the real Starscream back in stasis and return to the future. Ultra Magnus returns to Cybertron. With his priorities changed, Megatron orders the Decepticons on Cybertron not to attack Xeron. One of them, Macabre, disobeys and kills Impactor before he's destroyed by the Triple Changers. The damaged Autobots, including Jazz, lie in a sorry state in the Ark, where the returned Optimus Prime updates his troops. And that hopefully is uh, a shorter and sweeter synopsis of Target 2006. I, I guess I could bury the lead here, but I mean, this is this is definitely one of my favorite Transformers stories. I mean, I really enjoy this, and and we're kind of doing a whole month long thing, Kyle. Just so you're in the loop, we're we're kind of celebrating the anniversary of Transformers the movie, and since this has such a strong tie-in. It was a promotional kind of sneak preview of what was to come with Transformers, the movie in the UK. We figured this would be something fun to cover under that entire umbrella. But I I, I love this. What do, you, what do you guys think of it?
1: I love this one as well. If you can uh, stand to listen to me rant here a little bit. This was uh, the first Marvel UK story arc I ever read. And so I guess I'd be curious to hear how you guys first came across it. But for me, I was probably... And I'm 14 or 15 years old. The a comic book shop had just opened up in my hometown. I grew up in the country outside a town. And so one morning after lifting weights at the high school, how it always worked is my dad would drive me in with my bicycle and drive me off. And I have to like lift weights at like five in the morning and then I have to ride my bike like 10 miles back home. And so instead of going right home one day, I went to check out this new comic shop that just opened my town. So it's the first time we would had a comic book shop since the. 90s collapse there in 1995 so this would have been like 2002 ish 2003 maybe and so i ride down there and have been hearing all this positive buzz about the you know, transformers are back uh, on Dreamwave, the dream comic and everything so i want to go check that out you know we had really had a transformers resurgence there in the beginning of the 2000s you know you had the g1 reissues at toys r us and alternators line and all these g1 homages stuffed into the armada toy line and everything so it's a great time if you were a g1 fan of transformers was kind of a, a nice resurgence there so i uh, rode down to the the comic book shop check it out and they had very few of the the dreamwave comics there they i picked up maybe like a, an issue or two of a war within at that point they're i don't know maybe they're on the second g1 miniseries and here was this magazine sized titan reprint of Target 2006. I'm like, oh, what is this? I was like, oh my God, there's G1 Transformers comics in the 80s over in the UK and it's something different. You know, I had pretty much the entire Marvel run and so I snatched this up. I rode my bike home. I'm sure I had farm chores or whatever to do and then after that, I sat down and I just ripped through this thing and absolutely loved it. And so next time I went there, they had the Fallen Angel and Legacy of Unicron trades as well and I picked those up and ripped through those three as or those two as well. And so those three kind of always made a, a trilogy for me. And then obviously, you know, Time Wars would kind of cap off a lot of these. It was kind of the end of that uh, later. And so I really look at all four of those uh, really fondly, but this one was definitely my, my intro into the, you know, the the Marvel UK universe here. Um, you know, there was obviously Dino But Hunt and second generation were kind of the two big, Marvel UK epics before those or before this Uh, I didn't read those until later and so those two don't have quite as much resonance with me uh, as you know Target 2006 and Legacy Unicron and uh, Fallen Angel ones do but I also think that those three stepped up their game and kind of amped up everything and are a notch above you know the the second generation and uh, the Dinobot hunt so yeah I love this one and i for the life of me cannot not figure out why the fuck they don't just adapt this into one of those netflix cartoon things they try to do instead of <laughs> the absolute train instead of,
2: instead of tra- you
1: know ranging from train wreck to boring it's the story's just there it, you're making toys of all these figures and shit anyway just adapt it and i, I think it would more than accomplish what they're going for but Anyway, that's that's
0: enough for me. It, it, they run the Netflix shows run the full gamut from train wreck to boring. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that needs to be on the on the promotional poster, you know, that needs to be a quote on the on the billboard and stuff. I, I, I approve. I like it. What what, what about you, Mike? Like what, what are your feelings on this particular, you know, saga of the Transformers? And and feel free to go into how you discovered it yourself.
0: Well, I got to thank, as I always do with a lot of Marvel UK comics, I got to thank trusty old Angel Fire. Yay, angel websites
1: fire. I, like I wondered old, about that, if it was yeah. going to be Angel Fire or GeoCities. Yeah,
0: like the trusty old <laughs> websites full of old scans and stuff in the early days of the Internet. I think... I don't think they had all of Target 2006, but they had, like, at, at least... I think, like, out of the 11 parts, I think they had at least, like, 7 or 8 parts. So I I read all, like, the main bits. I think it was missing some of the middle bits. And then, like Kyle said, like, eventually, like, a few years later in the early 2000s, like, Titans Books released, like, those, like, awesome, like, magazine-sized collections, and I eagerly, like, ordered those. Like, I collected all of those. And, yeah, like, I... like. It's it's weird to say, like, th- this story is, like, so much more important to people who, like, grew up in the U.K., but, like, you know, it, that doesn't mean it's not, like, super cool to, like, everyone else who read it, like, after either. And, like, yeah, like, I think this is a, you know, a cla- when you think of Marvel U.K. Transformers, you think of 2006 probably first and foremost. And, like, you know, I, over the years, I really appreciate, like, like, I tried to appreciate it from the perspective of, like, the people who read it, like, in the U.K., because, like... This is, like, so influential to, like, you know, people like James Roberts and, like, people who would go on to, like, write Transformers comics, like, later in life. And, like, yeah, like, I, I don't know. It's, like, it's kind of one of those things where you can almost, like, forgive it its flaws. And, I mean, it does have plot holes and flaws and stuff that doesn't exactly, don't exactly mesh up with, like, later stuff. But still, like, you know, you got to, like, look at the, the, it in the perspective of when it was, like, first released and yeah like I, this is this is definitely like you know Marvel UK's like first like 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 Kyle said they they had like Dinobot hunt and you know whatever else before that but you know th- this is their first big stab at like okay well we we know what the the US comic is doing and we, we're just going to do our own epic like you know multi-part story and it's not going to interfere with you know the US stuff that we have to reprint later and i think like they they probably It still mystifies me that like not to go off on a tangent, but it mystifies me that like they didn't promote the movie characters in the U.S. Marvel comic like all that much. Like, I mean, you know, Hot Rod, Cup and Blur. And like, you know, Galvatron, they all show up, but they don't really make use of the, you know, movie characters, like especially like Bob Budiansky did in it. So like, you know, it's 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 weird how like fortuitous fortuitous it was that like, you know, these guys were all free for Simon Furman to use like in the UK. But yeah, like, you know, I, I have a lot of nostalgic fondness. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it later. There are like plot holes and. You know, not all the art is like up to spec, but like I, I still, you know, I think you know Jeff Senior's issues are awesome. Like, and I even I have a I have a fond spot for like Will Simpson's art, but like I don't know, like Derek, what about you? Like, what's go go into depth in your like history with Target two thousand six?
2: It's it's weird, like like what you're saying, like trying to put this in the context of how it was released in proximity to. You know, Transformers the movie, how it was released in proximity to the U.S. Marvel comics, how it was released well, to American audiences, you know?
1: Yeah, well, I, I pulled some of the release dates and stuff. Well, I mean, obviously, you kind of went through those as well. But then looking at, like, when the movie was actually released over there, I don't think the movie came out until December in the U.K. Yeah,
2: yeah. So it was, so it was there, long after gotta this. There's got to be a
1: lot of, like, what the fuck? moments, <laughs> like... Who are these guys? What are they referencing? I mean, right. You think of, there's actually a lot of spoilers in this thing, right? I yeah. mean, you essentially know that Megatron is going to turn into Galvatron and that Galvatron is going to kill Starscream in the movie and everything. Mm-hmm. And, 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 so, and I guess and then,
2: technically that there's a fight between Optimus and Megatron, and he, he, I mean, at least the way it's presented in this, you, you understand he comes out the worse for the fight, you know? Like, whereas they didn't exactly spoil, you know, Prime getting killed but you you got the idea that that Prime and Megatron had this battle and that that Megatron was so wounded that Starscream could throw him out the Vastra train and he can get found by Unicron but it but it's weird for 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 us I guess cuz I mean I'm assuming this is true of all three of us but I mean like Mike I think the first time I got to read this was you know I don't know Angel Fire Geo Cities like what have you like I I felt like by the time I found scans of these there were enough of them collected in a single house repository that I I went through all of them or I saved them on little CDs and read them at my leisure or whatever I did. Right. But that was probably the first time I got to read them in my own context, because the only the only other story I have to tell you is the same story I always tell, which is my friend's brother was collecting all of them. And those those, you know, 11, 12 page Comics, like every time I went to, you know, WonderCon or wherever, they were always, you know, six to twelve to fifteen dollars, depending on the, you know, importance of the the issue, right? And it was just one of those things where you're like, it, it just wasn't feasible, you know. It was like one of those things where it's like this is this is like half the size of a regular comic, even though it's a magazine, and it's like at the time, you know, six to 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 10 times more money than you would pay for a regular comic so like yeah sometimes we would sneak in and read issues i mean the 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 issues i have the most distinct memories of sneaking in and reading were like the ones that involved like straxus and straxus's fucking head or something you know what i mean like it was like one of these things where it just i guess it blew our minds because we're like isn't that guy dead and i'm like wait his head is still there and it's given orders and what and you know i don't know we were just kind of baffled by all that and i i think you know since i was so heavily into season three i think you know this again kind of like kyle like this was one of the first stories i keyed in on right like so this is probably one of the first sagas i i you know went out of my way to read from beginning to end and i i must have had some vague understanding of what it was like i had probably heard of it you know in 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 you know I don't know magazines and different things like that but I had never gotten to sit down and read it until the you know probably what like late 90s or something like that you know the or the early 2000s I don't know and then like yourselves I mean once those titan books started coming out the collected versions like there was something where it was you know more affordable you had the entire story and you know it was I, I forget what the the standard retail of those were at the time but what were they like 15 20 bucks or something i don't i don't remember exactly but it was to me it was something where i was like okay you know i can i can throw this onto the stack of my comics for the week and it wasn't a big deal and of course Kyle kind of makes me feel like a decrepit old man because I, i'm 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 having flashbacks of like you know, I, I was not riding a bike, I was like, you know, an adult in Los Angeles, pretty much like driving cars <laughs> and stuff. And I, you, you're giving me flashbacks, because I remember going down to like Burbank, and they had, you know, certain, you know, shops and stuff that I would always hit up, you know, when you went down, you know, to Burbank and went down that, um, I'm trying to remember, like Hollywood Boulevard, or no, that's the wrong boulevard. But it's, I forget what street it is, it's been so long since I lived there. But if, if I was there, I could drive to it and go there. But it, it, it's one of those things where I would just drive down that street and hit up like all the the shops where I think there was a shop called Earth 2 and there was like a shop that always had like those kind of asswipe fan subs of you know Japanese <laughs> stuff or the, the the Hong Kong English stuff you know so you would go into those stores and get like whatever it was but at the same time they would have those those G1 reissues you're talking about you know they would have the the Hot Rod reissue or the Prowl reissue or the smokescreen reissue or whatever it was that that, that was going on at the time. And, and that was all kind of like during this, I don't know, Transformers renaissance resurgence or whatever. And so, you know, you had the Dreamwave, you had the Titan trades and stuff like that. And that was... I think the first time I owned it, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, Oh, okay. I've got this in my hand. I can, you know, I can read the collection and everything like that. And, and that was probably like the, I don't know, second time I read the story, but I mean that definitely solidified it for me. And, and as far as like, I, I think just cause I have that predilection for, you know, the movie cast, the season three cast, like seeing those characters in Transformers comics and the fact that, you know, what Mike is talking about, the fact that those characters, I mean, I I take some issue with what, I mean, it's like I get that they weren't in Bob Budiansky's run per se, or at least during this time frame, but I mean, they had a three issue movie tie in comic, I mean, that, I think that was their idea of promoting the movie, right? They did an adaptation of the movie. So I I think there is some balance to that. Like over here in the standard comic, yes, we're not going to have all the movie characters per se, but over here in this adaptation, this three-issue adaptation, we're going to have all the movie characters you want. And in addition, I mean, you got to think about it, like the Transformers universe, like by the time that fourth issue came out, all that was... I mean, in, in a certain sense, right, all that was was a promotion of the movie, right? Like, like here here's Ultra Magnus, here's Galvatron, here's Cyclonus and Scourge and, Star, you know, like all that kind of, you know, RC and Springer and whoever, right? So, like, in some ways there, there was promotion, but I think, back to what Mike was saying, that, that they didn't actually have a lot of in-story presence, at, at least until, you know, Headmasters and much later... That made these stories all the more desirable to me, you know, to read, to own, to to you know what what have you, right? Like this is this is something brand new with with these characters that I was I was kind of super fond of.
1: To answer your question, there nineteen ninety five these Titan reprints, are on handy here, okay. so okay. yeah, right there at twenty bucks. So.
0: Yeah,
2: so I was wow that that that's earlier than I remember, but that that's that would make sense because that was. I mean, I definitely was.
0: I think he in, means that in, that's how much they they cost. Yeah, oh, oh, oh. twenty oh, bucks. Oh, oh, yeah, 20 <laughs> that bucks, was in nineteen ninety five. I was like, I was
2: like ninety five. Yeah. That's like way no, 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 nineteen
1: ninety five. Yeah, they were twenty bucks. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right, yeah,
2: yeah. So they were, they were, yeah, they were they, they, they the U
1: were
2: super yeah. way more affordable. So
0: right? some you... time travel was happening there, yeah. right? Yeah, I was like, yeah. okay.
1: Yeah, the UK was uh, fourteen ninety nine. Okay. So there's a. Uh, Look back at the exchange rate and let's see. This one, I believe, uh, first printing was August of 2002. That's what it says.
2: Okay. Then that, yeah, that makes a lot more
1: sense. So, yeah, I would have been, that would have been a couple months before I turned 15. And I think I picked this
0: up uh, shortly after. I, I mean, I was riding my on. bike,
1: so I didn't have my driver's license yet. So, I was not 16 yet. So, <laughs>
0: I, I held on to those like Titans books, like trades, even though I I also bought like the IDW like UK Classics volumes because just I I love like you know the the retaining of the original like size like you know mm. they look really good like all blown up like that yeah and, yeah Yep. Yeah, I have have the uh, IDW UK Classics I still have all the
1: titan collections and i have all of them they did i also have the black and white little digest size reprints they did and then i actually have all the original issues of the story arc as well i have oh awesome all the
0: uh, uk
1: issues from about number 20 up through uh about 211 i think so i got i got a ways to go yet to complete my collection but i i got a lot of the, the major arcs in there at least
0: I was telling Derek before we started, I was all pissed off that IDW canceled the final volume of like UK classics. Like that would have collected the rest of the colored like strips. Yes. It also like it, it it killed my pipe dream of them, like recoloring all the like black and white strips too, eventually. So I was like, Oh man, like F you guys. like. <laughs> well,
1: I, I think they went back and they recolored all those because they did that ultimate collection over in the UK where they did like every Transformers issue ever released oh, yeah, in yeah. like a hardcover. And I think John Paul Bove, or Bove, however you say his last name, I think he went he was the one that was tasked in with coloring yeah, all those original those, black like, and white ones.
0: Those are all like like I, I remember seeing those, but those are all like kind of like randomly like yes. numbered, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I would have liked them all in like one place maybe, but Yeah. Well, what I'm hoping is
1: IDW has yet to release any of the original Marvel Transformers stuff in hardcover, right? Where they've only done, you know, the hard oversized hardcover collections of their own stuff. But for like classic GI Joe, they released those in the hardcover. What I'm hoping for is we will get like a definitive edition of everything in that kind of deluxe size format, that a little bit bigger, and do essentially reprint the entire UK run. Including all the U.S. issues done in the mm. U.K. release order, and then we would have a comprehensive volume all yeah. together in kind of the right order. That would be yeah. awesome. That's my that would experience. be Nice. Since so guy you guys went... have like uh, Hasbro and IDW, NSA tapped into all your recordings. You know, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, I hope yeah. they're taking notes right now, yeah, and that, writing this down.
2: They better take some notes. That like that. That's that's what's fascinating to me because cuz you know i i think my context is like oh this ties into the movie and i i almost view it as supplemental entertainment to the movie continuity i guess but in reality like like you guys are saying in the context of uh the uk audience right this was like this was like seeing the the what is it the kenner battle droid sneak preview figure you know before the phantom menace comes out or or watching like the Star Wars holiday special with Boba Fett before you've seen Empire Strikes Back, like it was like this this tease of of things that were like on the horizon, and then and then the other thing that like blows my mind is like what, the the arcs before like these issues rolled around. I mean, I, I know you said like what like the Dinobot Hunt and stuff, like some of the original UK stuff, but the the US stuff that happened before this was, you know. Robot Master and Donnie Finkelberg and Skids and the aerial bots and stuff. I mean, obviously we know this is post, you know, Omega Supreme, right? Because Omega Supreme, you know, put all those guys in stasis and they're dealing with with, you know, kind of, you know, I guess resuscitating some of those characters for story purposes or whatever. But like it, it was just weird, like in the context of like, oh, man, like so this isn't even, you know, it's like it's like this is like pre run amok and run about but but post aerial bots or something you know
0: i love they they have to like hang a lampshade on it like in this very story where it's like smoke screens like hey why don't we just bring out like omega supreme and like it never comes up again basically like but it's funny because like i know james roberts said like he actually planned to address the reason Why Omega Supreme wasn't in Target 2006 in more than meets the eye eventually? Because he was going to do like some time travel story where. Somewhat like a time traveler, like drained all of Omega Supreme's energy before he could be used into the Target 2006 and like jump to another like you know the IDW timeline. But like I guess he never he never got to do it. Like his plans got curtailed. But like that's like when and when he like he he says it like that, I'm kind of like like well you know UK fans must have been like wow that's a big plot hole. Like why didn't they bring out Omega Supreme? Like
1: yeah, that's a good good point with uh, Roberts and Obviously, all those uh, U.K. Transformers creators that have worked at IDW. Obviously, <laughs> this is ground zero for the Wreckers, right? And the Wreckers fascination yep. with U.K. fans and, and writers alike. And picking it up at a formidable age is certainly, obviously, where my love for the Wreckers stems from, too. So I would have read this right around the time of, you know, those first couple arcs of, well, now the name escapes me, uh, War Within, of the, the Dreamwave comic, right? Yeah. And the Wreckers were kind of, you know obviously with Furman writing it a revisited concept there too so you know I was kind of reading those at the same time as I read this and so, so I fell in love with the, the Wreckers idea there and you know, had the uh twin twist and top spin toys as a kid yeah, so it was yeah. great to kind of have some fiction tie in there like oh hey I got those guys and oh they're badasses so
2: yeah it's uh, like that long long delayed toy synergy with this yeah property you're reading, like it's funny because like that that's one of those things where you you realize like oh those guys were never really in the cartoon they were never in the u.s comic like they they you know essentially they never showed up anywhere and then this is like one of the only available venues that they had to be featured as as a character and then he you know it's funny because i i i own twin twist and like that that was one of those you know things where he has a moment in this and you're like hey that dude i bought like gets to do something like that's pretty cool you know
1: well, what's you'd funny... think there'd be a lot of appeal there for a writer right because no one else is touching them i mean you get a blank yeah. slate to to work and with it... or blow them up <laughs> whatever and what's I, funny I too care.
0: is like roadbuster and whirl and i think even the jump starters were not even released in the uk so mm. it's like you know they had characters in the stable that they weren't like they weren't even promoting as toys like that uk kids could get
2: well, I guess, I guess you could say the same thing for a lot of the quote-unquote made-up characters. You know, like there was no toy of Straxis, There was no toy of, and, and, and I guess you, we we probably should go into this, but I know I'm saying Emirate Xeron, but I, I'm i sure like other people. We, we, we talked about this, I think, the previous episode, Kyle, but I, I, I know like, you know, different people have said it different ways, right? Like, so, you yeah. know.
1: Yeah, that's typically how I've said it, Zaron or Zaron or whatever. Yeah, and kind of speaking on the toys front and pipe dreams here, I mean, we've gotten through the recent waves of the, the Generations line, right? We've gotten pretty kick-ass updates to most of this classic Wreckers team. Obviously, we don't have any Rack and Ruin figures yet or a Zaron. To me, that would be the two perfect figures for the red line. Mm. Instead of making those just, you know generic kind of evergreen designs i wish they would utilize those to make them more stylistic and you could have like a kick-ass marvel uk kind of stylistic wave you could get mm. zaron rack and ruin i would love like a marvel uk version of cyclonus galatron and scourge and then maybe they'd has have a little synergy and release like a marvel legends death Head at the same time and that would be just fucking awesome right to have all those in the, the same scale yeah like uh-huh, the same uh-huh. style
2: we 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 have been talking about that for a while, like the the Marvel Legends Death set, or if somehow they could do a, a circuit breaker or something, you know, things like that. That that would be interesting.
1: And don't forget about hook line and sinker stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So it's like yeah, that, that red line is like perfect for like Rack and Ruin and Zaron because they're like they're not supposed to be able to transform anyway. So it's like, you know, you're not losing it, losing anything by making them a non-transforming action figure. Yeah, and I, I think Rack and
1: Ruin transform into like that double jet thing, but I would have thought with kind of some of the like the weaponizer gimmicks and some of the kind of like MicroMaster bases they revisited those two would have been perfect kind of fit in that yeah like he's got a he's
0: got a toy and and a character in like the cyberverse show but like yeah they they haven't they've never done a classic rack and ruin like Mm -hmm. not even at like botcon or anything and that botcons usually pounces on shit like that who knows? Maybe a
1: generation selects option or something.
0: No, I, I am, I am hoping for a generation selects recolor of that kingdom, upcoming kingdom Galvatron in like, you know, toy Marvel UK colors. Mm. I'll, I'll gladly buy that toy twice if they give him, you know, his gray and purple, like with the the, you know, the dark gray face and the light gray, like you know, body basically.
2: I've, I, I've been contemplating maybe getting that that new age third party because they're doing you know they've got like i don't know they're using the same mold like five times or whatever but there's like a straxus mold the uh megatron mold and then it's like a couple different galvatron molds but with the the different colors so it's like there's like the i don't know the the movie colors and then the kind of cartoon colors and then they, they have one that's you know comic based with the yellow eyes and the kind of reverse toy colors and everything. And I was kind of looking at that going, Oh, that's pretty sweet. Like I, I was like, I wonder what he'll look like next to my universe death's head or whatever. And how, how that all plays out. You know,
0: I was telling you earlier too, Derek, like I just got uh, earth or uh, kingdom ultra Magnus. And like, I was super happy to get him because like, he's got the new head sculpt and he's got like the Marvel like shades instead of like individual eyes. So mm. Like he looks sweet, yeah. Square eyes, like Ultra Magnus. Then, like my pipe dream was to you know get that new Galvatron and like pose him on top of like truck mode Ultra (laughs) Magnus. But I think I like looking at comparison pictures of them. It looks like Galvatron might be too big and heavy to do that. But I guess we'll see. Yeah, I mean, if they
1: want to come close to reusing that Galvatron mode, you know, one tenth as many times as they've reused the. Siege, Earthrise, uh, Megatron mold. I mean, what is that? That's going to be on like the tenth version they've put that <laughs> yeah. out. So uh-huh. I would hope that at least try to get two or three versions out of that. You would see the classic Marvel comic color scheme as one of those.
2: So how do how do you guys feel about the? I mean, obviously we you know as adults we probably understand that this is this series was on a weekly schedule. So m- much like you know I don't know some something like Fifty Two, right? Like the 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 art team periodically you know switches out or changes you know you could you could see it's it's there there's somewhat of a logic and an assembly to it but you know every so often you're going from you know will simpson and 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 jeff senior and then you know there's there's some stuff with i think what is it um ron smith and jeff anderson you know so it's like you know i i i think i think if you know if this was like the triangle era of superman comics you know and i i have my my rankings of those you know where i'm like you know tom grummet is in the high echelon and then dan Dan jurgens and then you know whoever else they have and then Bogdanov. you know like that's usually like my ranking of 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 my personal favorite in terms of like aesthetics and style and all that kind of stuff and i think in this i'd probably for me this is what i i'd go with but i probably go with jeff senior and then maybe Will Simpson, and then Jeff Anderson, and then Ron Smith, or maybe Ron Smith, and I don't know. Anyway, you know, like, but it's like, I don't know. It's interesting, though, because, like, the the Will Simpson stuff, like, he really makes it his own, but, I mean, I, I could see why people would think, you know, some of the character models look off, or, you know, they, they look a little more, I don't know, industrial? I don't, I don't know if that's the right term but you know like he's less of a artist who's trying to personify them i think
1: yeah so the biggest thing i think is just it's so jarring to go from one to the other i mean i think you know if the story was in any single tone i think it would work jeff senior is the the top of the mountain i think i mean he's peak and so for me personally i think each time you change the artist you know it's mostly for the better. I mean, go Jeff Anderson, his art is fine, but it, this is probably, you know, a Jeff Anderson drawn comic is probably what Rob Kelly picked up. And was like, these things don't look like boxes. Right. right so right. then you get to, to Will Simpson and the characters seem a lot more like fluid. There's more emotion, kind of more pantomime. They're not as stiff. I, I think of, and you had that awesome kind of splash where Cyclone is just kind of hovering over and there's like three or four panels there. I, I think that's in you know, the, the first, or first or second issue he drew, or probably the first issue he drew. And you have, you know, Jazz being tortured by Galvatron on the table, and he's kind of, you know, bucking up and stuff. He's not as, as stiff. You know, they definitely seem kind of more animated. And then going from that back to Jeff Anderson's kind of, whoa, this is stiff again. And then you get Ron Smith and it's like, why did he put eyeballs on thrust? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why thrust has pupils, but then you get to Jeff senior are just like, fuck yes. <laughs> like this is awesome. And, uh, well, yeah, I mean, super I mean, dynamic there's, there's... layouts and this really takes like all the strengths of each individual artist. You, you get the the more expressive and kind of fluid characters that you see glimpses of with will simpson and then you have these dynamic layouts but can, they're still very clearly robots and on model and it's like oh my god this is awesome it's like you've crescendoed up to this this is awesome and then you have jeff senior for you know what what is it like two issues and then someone else jumps back in it's like god damn it <laughs> but,
2: yeah um, i mean there's there's definitely that that vibe to it i mean the, the only thing i can I can say, as far as that goes, is I mean, at least at least the some some of the more iconic imagery was was done by Jeff Senior in this. I mean, the whole you know Galvatron writing on the top of of Ultra Magnus, like that's you know that's that's the Jeff Senior, you know, that's straight out of the playbook and stuff. And I mean, there are some uh, you know I don't know, like I I still get a kick out of out of some of the the moments that are in. You know some of the other the other issues that are done by some of the other artists. I mean, like you know the whole, you know, I guess the, I, I don't know. I I always find it funny when when Galvatron and and Cyclonus are are having that chuckle about Starscream. You know, like like that, the, and and the way Galvatron like just kind of you know puts his arm around Starscream and like kind of is 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 cajoling him into doing his bidding and then the minute starscream transforms and kind of flies away it's almost like you know galvatron and cyclonus are like that tool you know and they have a private (laughs) like laugh to themselves about it and i mean that's still the 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 the, uh, i don't know the 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 maliciousness or the creep factor to that like the 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 kind of twilight zone like you know that 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 weird feeling in the pit of your stomach, like that still kind of comes across in that sequence to me. So like, I still, I still appreciate that kind of, of sequence or, or, or even, you know, the, there's the one splash where they, they show you jazz getting tortured. I mean, that still has a, a strong impact on me, even if I'm not, I guess a fan of the style. Like, I, I think the stuff that like, like throws me off is like when ultra Magnus first shows up and like, he, he, I, I guess, Simpson has that weird thing of like, he likes making their eyes. I I don't know if it's what you're calling pupils, but like he has that weird thing where he wants like their eyes to be on fire at all times or whatever, you know, they all look like when they're, they're really like in the zone or something. And even when, when Galvatron and Cyclonus are having that chuckle, you know, it's like that trope is going on within that art. And, and it's, it's it's funny because like you say it's 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 a different aesthetic between the same story. So so you're like okay well I I get what this means sort of for those issues, but then it's missing from from all the subsequent issues.
0: Yeah, like I've got a sort of fascination with like Will Simpson's art in this. Like a like Jeff Senior is probably my favorite Transformers artist of all time, but like Will Simpson is kind of like an honorable mention because it's like you. It's almost like you shouldn't like his art, but like I do like because it, it is sort of off model sometimes and something, like, you know, he just kind of like, you know, does his own thing and like, you know, sometimes characters aren't like readily identifiable if it's a close up or whatever. Yeah, but. it's like it's
2: like Ultra Magnus has that weird like, you know, Wicked Witch of the West knows and some <laughs> yeah. shots and stuff. Yeah.
0: But yeah, the, everything is just so like striking and full. It, it just just like Jeff Senior, like all all like action is like over-exaggerated and like full of impact like you know like when when jazz like backhands brawn and brawn's mm. like jaw flies off like that's like awesome like and or or like even impactors like death scene like i always was kind of like you know and, and Obvi- I probably wasn't traumatized like all the little like UK kids were, but like, I was always kind of affected by that last shot of impactor like, you know, dying where like half his face is like gone or whatever. And you know, you, you always were a wily old buzzard. Like it looks like, you know, it, it's it, like almost horrific. Like the way, like, you mm-hmm. know, he illustrates like impactors death. Like, w- and also I was going to say, look, there's, there's like a, almost a little influence of like, Jack Kirby like in Will Simpsons art, because that that friggin first splash page of the the space gun that they the Galvatron as the Constructicons make like man like that's a Kirby ass sci-fi like looking Mm. like gun like yeah
2: I like I like in the the Will Simpson issue where like he because he saves Hound and Hound's like I don't think I'm up for you know driving back to, to base or whatever and and I was totally like, oh, this is totally like advertising the toy where he's like, why not let Ultra Magnus take the strain? And he transforms and it's like, just come on the back of my cab, you know? And I was like, oh, they're totally advertising the toy. <laughs> like, like, look, look, kids, look what you could do. You could <laughs> load up your Autobots on hey. Ultra Magnus' is trailer. You
0: know? I, t- we, we'll have to speak for our absent fan hole, Brian, but you, you should Ultra Magnus have said, I'm huge.
2: I'm huge
0: get on me i'm huge
2: i'm huge but you know you know the other thing that i think is interesting is like we know that like say ironhide dies in transformers the movie but the readership when this came out probably didn't know but then like is it is it weird that it's like they're sort of foreshadowing it because it's like you know Galvatron you know defeats all the the Autobots that try to go free jazz and and he's got his foot on Ironhide's head and then he doesn't even bother to kill him but then like later it's like the the you know he's basically like I'm going to you know I'm going to dig out Megatron and I'm digging my own grave you know and it's like it's like <laughs> what, I'm kind of thinking about it like well you know like it, it works on multiple levels because he thinks he's doing the wrong thing even as he's doing it. But if you consider that this is, quote unquote, a time travel story, like, if he didn't dig out Megatron, he might have not been digging his own grave in Transformers the movie, too. Like, I don't
0: know. No! Such heroic nonsense. <laughs>
1: Yeah, what do you think of, uh, you know, there's kind of multiple scenes here where kind of new characters show up and we establish how badass they are by just destroying the cast we're familiar with. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you feel like all of those work? I mean, obviously, the you know, the first one, like you said, is, you know, Galvatron, Cyclonus, Scourge, you know, show up in issue 81 there. You I, know, I just decimate the, the Autobots. You know, is that just them taking a dump on the existing characters or do you feel that's a... Uh, successful or well pulled off or well earned
2: i'm i'm kind of biased because it's like uh, because it kind of reminds me of like i mean they would go on to emphasize this i feel like in the uk books but like one like megatron and galvatron usually always like come off as like the type of guys that can you know take down armies of people in the comics regardless i mean even even in the the you know the comic chronology continuity it's like in the cartoon you know the Dinobots would show up and megatron might piss his pants and run away but like in the comic it's like megatron would beat the shit out of all five of them you know so it's like you know it, it makes me think of the stuff where like you know galvatron and megatron would take on like the the piranacons and and, and combiners and take on the predacons and all these guys so like when it comes to galvatron megatron I, I'm biased, but I, I don't. I don't think you're ever going to find me going, "Oh, that doesn't make any sense." That Galvatron like beat up like twenty Autobots or whatever. I'm going to be like, "But he's Galvatron, dude." I, I suppose you could make the argument for for Cyclonus and Scourge, but like, you know what's interesting about that is like, I I kind of feel like, well, yeah, they're introducing the new toys and they're trying to pump those toys up and everything, but as as those comics continue in the UK, I mean. Cyclonus and Scourge are, you know, the hunter trackers. I mean, they're they're like, you know, I don't know the the hunter killers and Terminator or, or whatever comparison you want to make. Like they're these, you know, they're they're sentinels to the Autobots X Men. You know what I mean? Like they they maliciously go down, kill Autobots, and laugh about it. Like that's basically like who they are in in the UK comics for the most part. And and this is giving you the briefest taste of that and it seems like you know cyclonus even enjoys like you know smacking around like soundwave and megatron a little bit too so it's like and i get what you're saying like like these new promoted characters come in and kind of like stomp over all the existing characters and i think typically like i i would be anti that but i don't know like there there's something about like i i don't think any of those characters outside of maybe Ironhide, like I, I have any like super emotional connection to per se. Like I like Jetfire and I like Ironhide, but like in the context of things, like just because I like an Autobot character doesn't mean I, I don't think those other characters are, you know. Because they you know, they're forged by Unicron. You know, like they're they're superior soldiers, and they can take all this firepower and laugh it off and all this other stuff. And and on top of that, like if it makes you feel any better, like there is that weird turnabout intruder thing where, you know, like Scourge gets taken down and it's almost it's almost like that scene. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the scene in in JLA Avengers where it's like, yeah, Superman, you know. Punches the shit out of Thor and turns the dial up to eleven. But then, like to sort of right the injustice for all the the Thor fanboys who were butthurt, it's like what they have like Hercules and Wonder Man and all these guys like gang rape Superman like immediately after that. And it's like it's like that's kind of what. Like that sequence with Scourge reminds me of where it's like, yeah, Scourge is a badass guy and he nails, you know, a lot of Autobots and takes them all out. But then it's like that one final sequence where it's like Jetfire and all those guys. They're like, come on, boys, we're going to curb stop Scourge. And they just all like be- go to town on him and take his wallet and stuff. And then ultimately it's kind of like, you know, it's like, uh, Galvatron, you know, Margie Galvatron, Scourge got his
0: wallet taken. And he's like, what?
2: You know, like, oh, okay, we got to trade Jazz for his ass or whatever. You know, so there's, I don't know, to be like, there, there is some balance to that. And you can say like, well, when all the Autobots came together, you know, they, they actually were able to accomplish something. But I, I kind of feel like some of that onus is on the characters, because like a lot of those Autobot characters and the Marvel characters, they, they get to be like, kind of a little too hand-ringy for my tastes. Like, where they, I don't know, like, like, Jetfire's, like, accusing everybody of everything. And, you know, like, the, the, you know, Hound's like, come on, like, you should, you know, make friends with Ultra Magnus. And the rest of the guys are like, that guy might be a traitor. He might be a time-displaced guy. I hate this guy. It's like, dude, if you guys actually just, like, you know, I don't know, work together, you might be able to stop some of this shit. But meanwhile, you're getting guys captured and and, and, and getting guys killed and all this other stuff, you know? So it's like, I mean, and I, I think, too, what might make you feel, I don't know, I, it doesn't mean just speaking, you know, kind of stream of consciousness, but the fact that, like, Prime, Prowl, and Ratchet got displaced, like, shows you, like, how fragile the hierarchy is, because all these other Autobots become like chickens with their heads cut off, you know? And they don't really assemble any meaningful resistance to something like Galvatron. And it's like, and and to me, like that would be my no prize for, for Omega Supreme. Like that smokescreen not having any clout in the Autobot hierarchy going, um, hey guys, like, why don't we use like our biggest gun? And they're like, no, man, uh, Jetfire's in charge. He said, fuck that. You know, and he's just like, well, that's not, you know, that that's a, that's a leadership issue, not a where did Omega Supreme go? You know what I mean? It's like it's like if the Dinobots are so orner- ornery and pig-headed, it's like, well, you know, like, if Smokescreen was going above somebody's head, he could, like, transform go right out into the middle of wherever the hell the Dinobots were off to in the forest and be like, hey guys, can we get some help? You know, or something like that. But that, you know, n- none of that is part of the the plot of the story. I think that, you know, like you're saying, I mean, by design, right? They It's it's supposed to showcase these new characters and, and the person that's going to get them out of trouble is not going to be Omega Supreme or the Dinobots. It's going to be Ultra Magnus because that's, that's the way this... This arc was designed.
0: You you know, the second Marvel Grimlock heard that Optimus Prime was gone, he'd be right back at the arc being like, I'm the leader now. Like, dudes, <laughs> like, all right, fall in. Like, now, what about the uh,
1: kind of a mirror scene to that then? You have uh, the directors just decimating Decepticons, show you how badass they are. And then, but wait, they're going to get one up uh, two issues later then when we have the what we thought were the Autobot triple changers with Decepticon emblems on them show up and just kick the shit out of impactor and show you that they're even more badass. Do you think that's an effective reveal? And then I guess at that point too, when the 1986 toy catalogs would have already been out. And I imagine there was probably some confused kids like, Hey, I thought these guys were Autobot triple changers. Why are they Decepticons and beating up my new favorite character impactor?
2: I feel like I was confused reading it even this time. Like, <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, what do you mean I just have the cons? Oh, yeah, I forgot about this part. You know, like, so that was so if 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 uh, if the criticism is that that is a confusing reveal, then uh, I, I will admit I'm still baffled by it even today.
1: No, there's just there's just uh, kind of three instances there of some lunch eating going on. I mean, it doesn't bother me i was just curious if i uh, felt like all of those were earned or they were all I, I, effectively it, pulled off or
2: it's it's weird because because mike talks about how you know the the death of impactor probably had a strong impact on all the you know the quote-unquote british kids that were reading his adventures you know so it's like if if i'm coming into this with my nostalgia and my fanboy love my bias of season three characters this being a showcase for them like Mostly I will enjoy this kind of like, you know, I love Superman and I love Superman whooping ass. So there's a lot of our worlds at war that I think is like the greatest thing ever because he comes in and takes everybody's wallet for the most part. Right. And, you know, the story gets really stupid at the end. But there's still that part of me that like enjoys like a character I like taking the wallets of other characters. So in in terms of of that, like this works for me. But, like, if you, you know, I, I I guess what I can tell you is if I was a bigger a fan of Impactor as I am of Galvatron, I could appreciate why you'd be like, oh, man, like, Impactor has a really good showing, but then it's just a bunch of fake Decepticons. Like, what? And Impactor, you know, gets talked down to by, you know, Emerit Xeron or whatever. I mean, you know, Impactor's kind of like the... I don't know, he's he's like the Sergeant Fury, you know, and the Wreckers are his Howling Commandos and stuff. Like, I mean, I could understand the appeal for the character and why he'd be a fan-favorite character. And I guess, you know, is he a fan-favorite character because he died? Is he a fan-favorite character because people loved him so much before this? Like, is there is there something that you would have preferred he had done other than save emirate xeron like i you know i i'm not i'm not sure because you know i don't know how i'd feel about it if if you know ultra magnus just like jumped in front of somebody and then his face melted you know like i i mean if that's all there was you know
1: well it would have been sweeter if he could you know got like a last dying shot off and killed the uh, mccaber or whatever mm. uh, his name is with his sweet M belt i think a lot of the the impact of his death probably has to do with just the, the difference in uh, digestion of the story, right? I mean, if you were reading this, you know, on the stands every week, you had the storyline can kind of spread out over you know, whatever, 10 or 12 weeks. So you probably had this love blossoming for the character over, you know, a two to three month span. And then he he dies. And then obviously his corpse kind of gets reanimated there in City of Fear, a year or two later than at this point
0: impact eventually to... Impactor eventually gets his revenge in IDW because he's the one who puts down macabre in IDW. Yeah, that's right.
1: I mean, to think about that same character, isn't it? Yeah. Is that, uh, is that like a Goodfellas
2: thing where like Joe Pesci gets to kill him in one movie, but then the other guy gets to kill Joe Pesci in the other movie. <laughs> yeah, I and guess so. they, they switch off. They're like the impactors, like the, the Joe Pesci to that other white haired, guy with the mustache's name who's like the macabre or whatever i don't
1: know you guys covered that uh city of fear story didn't you for a halloween episode like yeah. four years ago or so yep. right so he kind of gets a second heroic death right where his uh heroic programming and kicks over the, the zombified state and he sacrifices himself again so i'm sure that kind of second death helps cement him into legend status for yeah uh, yeah the british fans
2: I I I always thought you know sometimes like you can hear, you can hear the Britishness in some of these Transformers at least because they, they had no voice at this time being a, sort of a preview comic and everything like to to me like like this whole like like Cyclonus's first line you know it's like kind of confusing this business eh you know like like that that to me
1: like is like. Uh, that doesn't far cry from uh you want yeah. me to go ultra magnus yeah.
2: yeah yeah you know but it's just, i don't know like some yep. of that stuff they 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 have like little you know little you know w- w- even galvatron it's like appearances may be deceiving to some but not you eh You
0: know, it's like no, no one I've I've never liked. And you brought up Cyclonus, and this is a pretty consistent thing with like Simon Furman's writing. Like he always writes Cyclonus as sort of like a brainless like thug. Like Mm, like like, Marvel Cyclonus is very different than from sunbow like cartoon Cyclonus. Like I never liked Furman's take on Cyclonus. I mean, he he. Cyclonus has you know the honor of having one of the stupidest deaths ever. Like later on in Marvel UK, when he like blabs about killing Shockwave in the future, so then you know Shockwave six Megatron on them and kills Cyclonus. Like and like even even I think even Scourge is like you know, that. I love that scene because Scourge is even like like he, like face palms like he's like oh my god you fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean
1: what is that is that uh towards the beginning of the the legacy of unicron story it's, it's, where yeah it's like right um, death head is like time chasing wars them right
2: time wars, kicks right off right time wars starts yeah. I'm,
1: I'm thinking of the the beginning of uh legacy of unicron where uh Deathhead's heads chasing them through the sewers and yeah they by that point they've they're kind of to like jimbo and the bullies off the of simpsons <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah portrayed yeah. or be they're they're as bad as like their portrayal and like head in the Japanese headmaster series where they're like bebop and rock steady. (laughs) There you go. That's a great analogy. Uh, uh, Yeah. Well, it's not like Cyclonus is not the only one to have a stupid death in time wars. So, but that's probably beyond the purview of this podcast.
2: Well, I mean, I, I guess the, the, one of my notes on this was, I, I guess this story can put to rest the whole like Skywarp warp is cyclonus thing or whatever because i mean if, if you're if you're going strictly by it right like click Skywarp gets blasted by galvatron
1: and so you're like
2: uh i, I don't know i mean i i know all this timey wimey stuff like would just make your head explode if you actually like sat down and tried to like work it out or whatever
0: that, that is something I would probably criticize. Like, I think that whole scenario at the end is a little weakly like set up. Like, just you know, repainting Skywarp and you well, know, you, just like
1: you you have
2: to be tricksy with him, Like, because that you've you've made this establishment that like you know, forty Autobots who are storming the castle. He he laughs off all of their attacks and like you know, curb stomps them into the ground. So you're not. I mean, as much as you wanna have say like Ultra Magnus be his equal, like you're you're not gonna have this character get curb stomped back, you know, so so it has to I mean, may, maybe it wasn't clever enough, but but I mean you, you had to you had to do some kind of trickery to, to get him out of the equation as opposed to
0: No, like you know, like to try to outpower I... him. I don't care about, like, the trickery. Like, I absolutely believe, like, you know, that they would have had to trick Galvatron to defeat him since he was so unbeatable. I just think, like, I don't know. It's like, like, wouldn't, wouldn't killing Skywarp long before he's supposed to die also have, like, catastrophic, possible catastrophic events for the future? Like, I mean, not that Skywarp is as important as Starscream, but, I mean, that, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like hot rod and or i guess it's really unicron's plan but like their plan is like equally like dangerous for using skywarp in place of starscream
2: well but 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 think of it in terms of this is a promotion of the movie what like pretend skywarp wasn't in transformers the movie what does that change like does it change anything Not really, right? Like, so, I don't know. I, I, I feel like they were just thinking of, of I mean, I, I know what you're saying. You're saying, like, you know, butterfly effect, like, a death of somebody in the past is going to have ramifications no matter what, right? Like, but, I mean, uh, it, it might be one of those, you know, I don't know, Omni-Man level, you know, comments where it's, like, in the grand scheme of things. Like, like what, you know, what is Skywarp going to do? In those 20 years that are to Transformers, you know, a blink of an eye that that, you know, as opposed to like, you know, Starscream, you know, I guess, it. you know, it's like Megatron Starscream, like those characters, like they have to be there because they actually have active roles in the plot of Transformers, the movie, right? Like, whereas, you know, like, like think of it this way. I mean, I I suppose though, I mean, that's part of the problem with, with this whole ownership of character thing though, too. Cause it's like, they could do this stuff with Skywarp because he already was quote unquote dead in the U.S. comic because of Omega Supreme, right? Like, so they, again, in a reverse you know, past context of the U.S. continuity, they they got to play with a character because the Bob Budiansky was, quote-unquote, done with that character, whereas they couldn't just, I don't know, put in, I don't know, like, they, they couldn't have thrust come down from Cybertron and, and replace, you know, and get painted up like Starscream because, one, Budiansky was still using them, and then, two, like, you know, that that I don't know, like that 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 would have been like a whole different set of headaches, I guess.
0: Yeah, and and another bit I find weird about that whole scenario is that like Unicron can just randomly like, you know, mind control cup, hot rod, and blur and like, you know, send them back in time to like, you know, foil Galvatron's plan. But like I'm I'm also kind of like like, dude, like Maybe I mean, not that, like, Unicron can exactly see the future, but, like, you know, maybe you should, like, kill Hot Rod, like, right now so he doesn't blow you up in, like, two days. Like, but, I mean, I I don't know. It just seems a little, like, odd. Yeah,
1: I don't know how that all works through time, but that is something, though, that Furman would explore again, kind of the mind manipulation thing of Unicron. He has uh, all the junkions build him a new body. Yeah. Or try to attach him to the planet of junk to be his new body, I guess. Like, seeing electrons But Yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, if I, think, I could uh, manipulate people through time, I think I'd uh, be coming up with a little better use of that power than, like,
0: yeah, hey, paint that dead guy! <laughs> <laughs> like, it works. Like, I think it totally works if you smudge it a bit. But, like, I mean, if, like the more I think about it, I, th- I just think it's kind of a weak setup that like raises too many questions more than it answers but it's fine to like you know like you know end this story
2: i don't i don't take it as mind control i take it as like hypnotic suggestion like it's not i don't know like i i don't take it as like i'm mentally controlling like mike and kyle to i don't know paint their transformers a different color like it's more like Hey you know what would be cool like if you know like if you happen to have some paint and you happen to you know whatever you know and, and basically I make you think it's your idea and you're like, hey, you know what like Derek mentioned this thing and I wasn't really thinking about it but let's go back in time and let's paint our toys you know and then and then it just so happens that it, that works out to my advantage because you doing that. Like, I don't know, you know, blows up, you know, the giant Kirby cannon or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, because even the way he describes it, he's like, oh, eh, you know, I, I sort of, you know, nudge the Autobots in this direction. And with typical Autobot efficiency, like they handled it for me. You know what I mean? Like, like to me, it's more of like Unicron's doing a kingpin move, not a not a, you know, I don't know, purple man move. Does that I don't know. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I can I can see that. Like like I said, I think it, it works if you smudge it a bit. Like like I don't know. Like I like I said, there are more questions you could ask if you look into the scenario. But like and like another like part where like Unicron like kind of sug- plants the suggestion in Smokescreen's head that like oh hey we should build Autobot City here. Like what does that accomplish exactly? Like. What? Why? Why would Unicron do that? Except for like well, shits and I, giggles. Like,
2: I I think the 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 popular theory is, and this is again viewing it in context, and they don't spell it out. But I mean, technically, Target two thousand six takes place in between Transformers: The Movie because Unicron's still alive. Galvatron and Cyclonus and Scourge are freshly forged, so the only possible place that that the time travel could take place is that moment before Galvatron, Cyclonus, and Scourge attack the Autobots at Autobot City— but after Prime has died and passed on the Matrix. So somewhere in between there, like when they're talking to to Daniel and Moonbase 2 gets busted up and they're getting ready for the shuttles and everything, like in between there, Unicron does the mental whammy and they go off and time travel from Autobot City. So to him, if, if, if Autobot City doesn't exist then he, you know, I mean, again, it's this timey-wimey, headachey bullshit, but, like, if Autobot City doesn't exist in the future, then he's not going to be able to send them back in time to do the thing so that they can do the other thing. You know what I mean? And it's just like, all right, I, I know it's, like, kind of, you know, I, I get what you're saying. Like, time travel, like, you know, makes your head hurt and all that other stuff, but I think that was supposed to be the point of, like, him solidifying, like, look, I'm I'm cementing that, that for sure, like, without any question, Autobot City will exist here, and I will be able to pluck people so that there's no other, I don't know, divergences or fractures or craziness in time, you know, no, no, you know, basically you know, no time storms or, you know, other crap that can come of, of traveling through time.
1: So it'd have to be right after Galantron says to Earth, right? Because he
2: already
1: says yeah. that he's, he's killed... The effect- uh, uh, Starstream, right?
0: Yeah, I think that's yeah. like the official word. Is that like, like what I think Simon Furman literally said? It's like, well, what Galvatron meant was to Earth in 1986, like mm. you know. so. Okay. Like I remember reading an interview where he said something like that. He was like, "Yes, that's when Target two thousand six like kicks off when he says Decepticons to Earth, and and by by that I mean me, Cyclonus and Scourge are going on a time travel adventure. The rest (laughs) of you stay here." He's like friggin' Doc Brown or something. He's like, "Come on, like Cyclonus, Scourge, like it's your kids. (laughs) Something's gotta be done about your kids."
1: Mm. Mm. does anybody else think it's funny that uh ultra magnus shows up and makes his debut as a part of project volcano and then the next time he's gonna fight galvatron in the uk only story he's gonna get stuffed in a volcano
0: <laughs> you know i never thought about that like like I, I always did wonder like wait why is it called operation volcano like that's does what, what are there volcanoes on cybertron like what i don't even get it like but it just sounds cool, I guess. But yeah, you're right, though. that I've never thought of that connection before.
2: I, I guess if I'm mad about, you know, streams and water on Cybertron and ice, I guess I should be mad that they know what the hell a volcano is. But maybe maybe that just takes us down that whole DBZ road of space baseball and space volcanoes and shit like that that's just going to take us further down the hole.
0: It's funny that... Like, speaking of Ultra Magnus, like, it's funny that, like, how he's presented here is, like, you know, they're obviously promoting him as the next, you know, the new leader or Mm -hmm. whatever, but when you watch the actual movie, he's, you know, basically just a red herring, kind of, like, in the ultimate grand scheme of things, so I wonder, you know, how you know, kids in the UK, like, felt about that, and I mean, Ultra Magnus would go on to have a long, like, healthy career in the Marvel UK comics, but, like, he, I feel like he had a very different role on the cartoon, so.
2: Well, I mean, the, the, the way they promoted the, the class of toy, though, too, I mean, him and Galvatron were the same price point, they were both referred to as city commanders, so, like, that, that, that's, I guess that's my memory of it, was, I, I saw the toys before I, you know, got to see the details of the movie, even in the the Transformers Marvel adaptation, right? So, like, I, you know, I, I was sitting there in my head going, I was trying to rationalize, because I'm like, you know, it's the same way you rationalize, like, you know, basically, like, you know, Larry Hamlet going, well, we don't need a Cobra Emperor, I already have, like, you know. Cobra Commander or whatever, you know, and you're like, what? Like, and it's like, you're sitting there as a kid trying to rationalize, well, Optimus and Megatron are, you know, the top of the the leader chain, right, on both sides. But then you're sitting there looking at the tech spec, and it says City Commander, and then you sort of go, oh, well, I guess I guess maybe Ultra Magnus is in charge, you know, of Autobot City and, and Metroplex, and I guess this Galvatron guy is in charge of this Trypticon thing, and that, you know, that's, that's how that works. Like he's the commander of that space station or wh- whatever it turns into this dinosaur thing and stuff. And I was trying to, you know, always rationalize that in my head. And then, and then of course, when you see the movie, you're just like, Oh yeah, Megatron is Galvatron. So it doesn't, you know, who cares? It doesn't really matter. And I guess in terms of ultra Magnus, it's like that rationalization kind of works to a degree, you know, like, I mean, yeah, he, he, he he is a leader in certain contexts and, and, you know, but I guess, you know, not, uh, you know, n- he's not the Autobot savior though. You know,
1: I guess I want to, I'm sure you guys are going to discuss this. If you, this is all part of movie coverage, whenever you guys actually do cover the movie and maybe you've already recorded on that. So maybe you've already talked extensively about this, but since we're kind of on the topic is hot rod. Flash Rodimus is he the chosen one because he's the first one to touch the matrix, you know, and Prime drops it. Ultra Magnus never gets it, right? He kind of fumbles it as it's getting there, and Hot Rod catches it right before it touches the ground. Is that kind of what preordains him? Is because he's uh, touches it next, and that's why it doesn't accept Ultra Magnus? Or... I mean
2: that that always that always seems like a weird, you know, like like the cookies come out and because I because I touch them, like they're they're my cookies. Like I don't <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I. I don't know if I subscribe to that. Like I, I always kind of felt like you know, at least it's it it's them. all
1: like a destiny thing, right? I mean, Unicron's bearing down on them, and the next person's going to light their darkest hour, right? And well, mean, see, if, see, that that's Ultra the... Magnus was going to turn into a true Prime. He should have had some sort of physical. I don't want to say transformation, mutation, or whatever enhancement. Right, right, right. He doesn't get that at all. Whereas, why is that? Or is he? Is it something where he's just really not compatible? Kind of like right, uh, Alpha Trion carried it for a while. Is that? Well, or is can, that what turned A three into Alpha Trion? Is by carrying it? I don't. I don't know.
2: Yeah, you can. You can. You can argue that. Like, I don't know that we. You know, it's. It's funny because you don't necessarily know that you knew that until after the fact. If that makes sense. Like, you only knew that once you saw hot rod turn into rodimus and see the problem is this this is i don't know this this is just me speaking on the fly but like that was special when it was hot rod turning to rodimus now you can retroactively go back and say oh well yes clearly you know orion pax transformed when he got the matrix but that's not really what happened like orion pax got shot and got killed And Alpha Trion rebuilt him into Optimus Prime. That had nothing to do with the Matrix. You can argue that, like, oh, Alpha Trion, like, you know, snuggled the Matrix in his chest during that, and that's why it happened. But that's not part of the story, right? And so every time the Matrix gets used after in a different context with somebody else, it sort of dilutes the... the the chosen one, the specialness, the whatever, like however that came to be. But I mean, I I was always more of the the notion, like even in in Furman's backstory, you know, Primus kind of looks like Rodimus, you know, like like there's there's some kind of spiritual, you know, or or, you know, I know that it's the stuff that all the Star Wars fans can't stand. But, you know, there's a a sense of legacy. Right. Like, you know, Primus has all the metachlorines and, and 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 hot rod Rodimus has a good giant chunk of it. Right. That he can. He can tap into the the Matrix speed force or, you know, whatever kind of analogy you want to make. And it's not like Ultra Magnus is a bad dude. He just he can't access the speed force like and it wouldn't matter if he touched the Matrix or, first or didn't touch the Matrix or if they played football with the Matrix or whatever. Like he just that that's not who Ultra Magnus is. Right. He, he just can't he can't tap the wisdom of the Matrix. Like, that's, I don't know, that's thats just how I took it. But, you know, it's interesting that you say that, because, you know, certain things, right, the more, you, the more you follow different Transformers universes and chronologies and stuff, it's like, you know, we were just talking about Transformer 75, and in that, you know, Rodimus has nothing to do with the final battle against, or Hot Rod, has nothing to do with the final battle against Unicron, and it's Prime. And clearly Prime fits that, uh, w- what I'm talking about, right? Like Prime can access the Speed Force conceivably, but in the Marvel chronology, I mean, Buster Whitwicky apparently can access the quote-unquote Speed Force. You know what I mean? So there's there's like different different things, like and and is it because Buster? Ultra like,
1: Magnus not even as good as Buster.
2: Yeah, that you heard it. <laughs> no, I just you know like, but I'm just saying like that that's kind of like a weird thing to think about, right? Because because does Buster. You know, did Buster have to touch the Matrix? Buster never even saw the damn Matrix. Like back then, it wasn't a physical. You know, as we were laughing about because we covered the, the the movie adaptation. It wasn't even a a chunk of green kryptonite or whatever it was. You know, like in the the movie adaptation, like Buster never even saw that. It was just kind of like this, I don't know, mental telepathy thing that got kind of mind zonked to him or whatever. You know, so I think yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I think Hot Rod was always like destined to become, you know, Rodimus Prime and light the darkest hour. Like, and but maybe you know, I I feel like destiny can change too. Like, clearly, being cornered on junk wasn't the Autobots' darkest hour. So Magnus mm. is all confused why the Matrix won't open, and like you know, the Matrix should have like you want like Primus to come out of the Matrix and say, "Oh, it's not the darkest hour, dumbass!" Like, you know. <laughs>
1: Well, I I kind of wonder if uh, just it it doesn't give him any very good point, right? That's not the darkest hour, so that would be why he can't open it. But the fact, you know, there's a lot of theories, right? But he kind of double clutches when he puts it in his chest, like it doesn't fit in, right, and everything. But I just kind of wonder if it's already imprinted on Rodimus the instant he touches it. And that's why you don't get that transformation. I mean, you would think, I mean, right, Scourge gets a, a physical transformation out of it thunderwing gets uh an enhancement out of it it's it's weird that it would not work at all for ultra magnus or doesn't have the what we've come to expect as kind of the the prime level up aspect at all and so it's well, like uh,
2: i guess that's a good point the thunderwing and the scourge stuff because like they're not quote unquote chosen right? right like
1: it's like uh yeah rodimus could be the chosen one all along right i think all those points are valid but the fact that it did absolutely did not uh you know prime eyes magnus when he took it i, I just kind of wonder if that just goes to But i mean had, i mean it printed on the chosen one the instant the chosen one touched it and the chosen one touched it before he ever did and so that was uh
2: but i mean uh, does it does it matter in terms of your faction like does it in other words i i just think it's a funny idea that like you know i don't know like you know firsties is like kind of like do you get firsties to the matrix like just because you you touched it after the person who like like does that does that does if, if that's the theory, right like does that happen after the person dies immediately so like he touches it first and picks it up. but what you're saying is like if if it had been anybody else in the room, we would have had you know Perceptor miss prime or some shit if if Perceptor had somehow, like, removed it because he's the surgeon? Like, I don't, you know, I don't know. That just seems, like, to me, that seems funny.
1: but Well, I mean, it's still a formal passing thing, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's the, I mean, I go back to, right, I already waxed. Uh, about uh, this episode a bunch, right? Uh, episode four uh, or part four of the five faces of the darkness, right? When you guys had me on or whatever, that whole journey in the matrix scene. I mean, I've seen that a thousand times, right? And so there's so much Transformers lore and everything in there. But in that, you know, you said the Autobot leader just getting wiped out and handing the matrix to the next guy, right? So it's always like a, a patching yeah. passing. And I guess we don't see everybody that gets, the matrix passed to them talk during that whole history monologue. And so I guess maybe those were their eras, Ultra Wait. Magnus where it's like, hey, fuck that guy. <laughs> he doesn't get to join the, but, but, but that's you know, the, the leadership is, council. Right. Are, but obviously there... there's a guy in there that looks a lot like Rodimus. Right. And so that kind of goes back to the whole, uh, in the image of primus type things. Yeah. But that's the question. Like it, are
2: there ultra Magnuses in the wisdom of the ancients or or was it just a balls out like mistake? Like, like in other words, like, like think of it this way: if, if, if there's wisdom in the Matrix and you go through all those past heads, it's like if it was past the Ultra Magnus. Whether he's, I mean, I don't know. Like that. That's why that kind of blows my mind because like he's dead, but he's not dead. So because he didn't die, like he's not a head in the wisdom, but Alpha Trion still talking to prime after he's dead and you know like that's why alphatron's like what the fuck why have you come back you know like and it's like shouldn't if that's the case if 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 ultra magnus died for a second and then came back like shouldn't there be a point where like if if he was ever able to access the wisdom like there should be people in there going hey what are you doing back bro like why did you come back to life but it's almost like it's like they skipped him. Like, he wasn't there on, like, photo day for the yearbook of the Matrix. Because he's, like... I feel like Ultra Magnus wouldn't be in the yearbook photo for the Matrix. But, I don't know. Maybe, uh, you know... But And it's, and, like, the same thing. It's, like, does Scourge show up in the Wisdom? Or does Thunderwing? Or or maybe, even, maybe like, Galvatron
0: to... tried to open it
2: and he couldn't do it, you know? Maybe, so, maybe know. it
0: has to be, like, a, you know, right place, right time, and you have to, like, believe, like, at that moment. Like, you know, both... Both Scourge and Thunderwing, like, really believed that the Matrix would, like, mm. grant them power and stuff. Maybe in, you know, Ultra Magnus is kind of a by-the-book, like, you know, kind of pragmatic, a yeah, yeah, driven you, guy, so. He says, you said. Like, that yeah. doesn't mean he believes it.
2: He's yeah, just
0: like he
2: just didn't,
0: yeah. You,
2: you told me this was going to happen, but he he's way off in terms of context and timing and all that other stuff, right? Yeah
0: maybe he just really didn't believe like, and you know, hot rod even says in the movie, like, you know, you know, when the, the matrix can stop Unicron and cups, like, what do you know about it? Lad. He's like, I've just got this feeling like it can, like, so maybe, you know, I don't know. To destiny, me that, like
1: a, that goes back to, it's already imprinted on him as soon as he touched it.
0: Yeah. Could be like a, a then Desti, destiny is a, is a, uh, I don't know, a uh, nebulous thing, I guess. But I, I guess, yeah, I, anyway, suppose... I really
1: derailed us with that. <laughs> uh, so it's okay. It's interesting to talk about. This is great. Like, I guess something maybe something to talk
0: about. If, if Magnus was in a position to like undergo like a character journey or something and like, you know, like Hot Rod wasn't there and Magnus found himself inside Unicron and like, you know, that was Magnus's time to believe like in himself and the Matrix. Maybe he could have opened the Matrix in the darkest hour, but you know he he just he wrong place wrong time yeah but it's it's funny we talk about like you know magnus in the cartoon and stuff because he's very like i said he's kind of different in the marvel comic like he's you know he's a personality yeah like he's a lot looser in the marvel comic i feel like you know he's a lot like more approachable i guess and and they, they really play up his doubts, too, in the Marvel comic. Like, in the, the cartoon, he doesn't have much room to doubt because he's, you know, he's being second in command to Rodimus, and, like, that's where he's comfortable. Like, you know, we, you know his tech specs always say he's not comfortable in command, but, you know, when he's on his own in the Marvel comics, like, running around Earth and whatever, he's always doubting himself. Doubting himself and trying to score with that uh, Cindy chick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: girl who loved ultra magnus
0: but yeah i mean i i don't have a huge amount left to say like i i despite my you know my criticisms like whatever plot holes there might be i still like i love rereading this story like i love you know it it, there's a a, not only a nostalgic fondness for it but just a, a general appreciation for the I guess, like, the cojones on display, like, basically, like, where, you know, the Marvel UK, like, staff basically said, okay, well, and, like, I've read all the supplemental material about this story, like, that, like, uh, is in those, like, IDW, like, UK classic trades, like how, you know, Furman was saying, like, we had to tie into the movie, but we couldn't spoil it, and we couldn't, like, you know, we couldn't do this, and we had to fit in between the, uh, you know, the Marvel comic, and, like, there were so many things they had to like work around and like get into place for this to work and i think it does work which is i think a testament to you know their their competence basically
2: i mean the the way i guess my my final word on it would be that you know obviously i appreciate the story i think it's like my my top you know, it's like my number two on uh, a Transformers top 10 list I wrote a long time ago. So obviously I have a lot of appreciation and love for the story. And I, I kind of tend to think of it as like, you know, the the, the cojones that, that, that Mike was talking about. I mean, to me, this is like, this is like the first, you know, crisis on two worlds or crisis on multiple earths, like this, this notion of this kind of high concept team up. And this is, essentially like the very first time something like this happens in transformers lore i mean this it's 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 spanning time and and different generations and you know puts together like all these different characters into a single story and i mean there's something that's you know unparalleled and epic about it being the the first attempt it's like seeing that That cover of the flash of two worlds and going whoa like this this changed everything you know and i i kind of feel like the same about you know target 2006 like target 2006 changed everything and that's that's why the story is really important to me in terms of transformers lore
1: yeah that's a great comparison yeah that's kind of where i'm at i mean like i said it was the gateway to the the marvel uk continuity for me and it obviously worked right hooked me so i went back and, and bought the you know the next two that i could get my hands on and it's hard for me to look at it kind of in a vacuum i kind of look at it as you know part one to this four-part epic with fallen angel legacy unicron and and time wars i think of the four legacy unicron is probably my single favorite this is probably second it's awesome and like you mm-hmm. said yeah it's pretty revolutionary it adds this you kind know, of time travel concept which at least for the rest of the UK run, would be a you know a, not like they overused it, but a a common staple, uh, kind of a well they'd go back to, and also incorporate into the you know the US run once Sherman went over there. Uh, you got the record element, which obviously is still strong today with you know, Impactor. I mean, how many different releases did he get? Did he get three. You know, mainline, a, a Netflix reprint, and then the the Amazon three pack where he came with the Decepticon signal. So you know, still obviously has a lasting legacy today on, on multiple fronts so great story Derek yeah. I am curious then what's what's number one of your Transformers stories of all time so oh, War four uh, stories that last stand of the records? What is what is
2: the I was just doing comics but uh the, the my, my favorite Transformers story is the 25 where Megatron takes on the Predacons. Ah, I, yeah I, just, that's a great one. I I I just have a lot of affection for that story
0: I'm I'm glad Derek thought to ask you on Kyle because like it's, it's like we we last had you on for you know Five Faces of Darkness and I mean that that's kind of like a sequel to the movie so now we had you on for not not exactly a prequel but like a a quill, I guess to the movie like <laughs> it's
2: it's yeah. like a sneak sneak pequel, you know
1: and in why the they, lines why, why aren't they adapting this shit for. Their, yeah, right. the next shitty Netflix thing. I mean, I I can't figure out what they think their target audience is or what they're trying to is it like the, the they're just trying to have enough like member berries to hit like, "Oh yeah, I played with Transformers like, you know, 30 years ago or whatever. I should buy these for my kids. I should buy this $20 <laughs> uh-huh. complex Transformer toy for my kid and watch the show and it's like supposed to have enough member berry juice that it's like yeah, I remember when Prime fought Megatron, or what, I, I don't know. It's like it's trying to go for this, that it's actually in the G1 continuity, but it doesn't, well, think, I don't think know. I, they think, they think, can think, just make their own kind of, what Dreamwave did, kind of this ultimate universe, right, a distillation of a G1 cartoon and... G one comics and I shouldn't just say Dreamwave. I mean, obviously IDW kind of did the same thing, right? Put their own spin, but then you could just cherry pick. Kind of a you have a Vince caroli two minute intro. You know, it was the year two thousand or whatever. You just lay the back story and then you just take something like this and you adapt it instead of the shit they have been
0: doing. But think I was going to say like think of the contrast. Of how, like, Ultra Magnus is treated here, and then how he's treated in that Netflix, like, Siege mm. cartoon.
1: Like, yeah. I, I only made it through, like, the first 15 minutes. Like, yeah, <laughs> okay, this, so. good.
0: Good. I, you, I, don't, you don't like to got, see any more.
1: Yeah, by the time I'd already or sat down to try to watch that, I'd already heard multiple reviews. And I'm like, yeah, no, this, no, it's going to get worse from here. It's fine. <laughs> like, This isn't for me.
2: I mean... He's If not, he's not the chosen one in the movie, he sure as shit wasn't the chosen one in Netflix crap.
1: Uh, but wait, he comes back in a sweet cloak.
0: I, I, don't, I don't, don't know who you're talking him. about. No, yeah, I know. It was totally unidentifiable.
1: <laughs> hey, spend $50 on this toy that we're not going to tell you what it is. <laughs> not I the guess. greatest marketing schemes.
0: I, I, I kept saying that spoiler toy for ultra magnus like the packaging like i they should have packaged him in the spoiler box like all hung up and like beaten up like a gimp or something like you are receiving this transmission from the rod pod upload pending
1: Stand by for soundtrack transfer.
0: I am Maggie.
1: And I am John.
0: And we are
1: trapped, hurtling through space in a ship shaped like Rodimus's head.
2: The ship, for reasons we haven't been able to determine, contains the entire run of the IDW Transformers
0: Phase 2 comic. Oh, which chronicle the events following the end of the war between the Autobots and Decepticons so we figure we may as well read
2: them all in order and report our findings to you. Stand by. Stand by.
0: Upload complete now.
2: The Rod Pod.
1: Look for us at marriedwcomics.libson.com. At iTunes, at Stitcher, or wherever good podcasts can be found.
2: So, uh, all or one.
0: Till all or one. All right, our bags are packed and we got the snacks. It's time for the Lomboks Crusade road trip to the Lomboks Mobile, crew. Shotgun. on it. It. it.
1: Dang it.
0: Everyone buckled up. Here we go. Well, now that the garage is empty, Gene will have
1: more space to record episodes of LBC Irregulars, the indexing of the Jeremy Brett Sherlock Holmes TV series.
0: Oh no, did anyone remember to leave Clinton some food down in the basement? He's gonna need it as he makes more episodes of Fan Film Fridays, his ongoing look at online fan
1: films. Why are you speaking to such a scripted manner, Dark Web? Anyway, you can relax.
2: I asked Rick, or was it Jeff, who can remember? I asked the attic guy
1: to come down from time to time to check in on Clinton. Mm -hmm. You know, take some breaks from recording Monday movie muck about his movie review show. Weasel skull. Did you give Rick the key to the basement?
0: Key. Sounds like LBC headquarters is in good hands, Death Pro. Right, you are, Cristados. Oh, Pat, can we stop off at KB Toy Store? I'm gonna pick up some Transformers and GI Joes. They remind me of Transformers Chronicles and GI Joe Chronicles. Our show's going through the
2: Marvel run of Transformers comics and the Devil's Do Run of Joe comics. Well, while you guys are doing that, we can also stop by a Blockbuster video and get some tapes to watch her action film Face Off. That's the show where we discuss two action films and have them duke it out to see which one
0: is the episode champion. Is that VHS or beta? Ah, eh, either one's fine. We've got a lot of stops to make, but if we can, let's squeeze in the Walden books and score some comics for us to talk about on Crusader Chronicles, the show where we move chronologically through the Amazing Spider-Man comics and include a bonus issue from the same release date as the Spidey recovery. I will definitely keep an eye out for our Walden books. It'll come in handy for the pure Lombox Crusade episodes. Our time capsule show where we take a deep dive into a randomly selected comic and talk about news, music, and movies and ads that were popular when the books were released. I'll also be on the lookout for our electronic boutique, EB, if you guys don't know the lingo back then, so we can get some more comic-related video games for us to discuss on Comics to Council Crusades. Good thinking. If time
1: permits, let's hit Circuit City. I need more Positrons for our pop culture Positcast show, the one where
0: we find all the good stuff in pop culture the others seem to poo-poo. Positrons? Shut up and go with it. These old-timey out-of-business-store jokes doing anything for you folks? Well, if you like old-timey stuff, we also offer Saturday Matinee Theater. Our look back at old TV shows, serials, and films that have kind of been forgotten. I think that about covers it. We definitely want to be your road trip crew, folks. Whether it's your commute to work or a road trip of your own, why not pass the time with us, your friends at the Longbox Crusade?
1: Once again, that's long box crusade available on all your finer pod catchers. Good job, team. I'm getting hungry. Pat, stop at the next Kenny Rogers roasters that you see. Or Bennegan's. Burger Chef! Yeah, all right. well, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. So anytime you want to revisit any more of these uh, uk stories and you're willing to to stomach me for them i'd be happy to be on
2: yeah yeah no this is awesome you you bring a lot of insight to it and that's that's kind of why i asked because i knew i knew you enjoy these stories a lot and i figure it's it's always fun to have a third and to to bring a different vantage point to some of the stories that we're talking about because we all you know i mean some of the stuff we come to from similar places but there's 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 a lot to be said for just you know having, having somebody on that has, you know, another vantage point and, and has that same, I mean, you, you, you have a genuine love and passion for, for this as much as we do. So it's, it's, it's fun to, to, you know, podcast with somebody who has a similar appreciation for things. So thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. All right. So I guess we'll, we'll wrap things up for tonight. If you guys have any other comments, questions, or concerns, you can email us at fanholspodcast at gmail.com. You can find the backlog of Transformers Tuesday's episodes over on the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com, and we can be found on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We appreciate all the likes, hearts, and shares that we receive there. And we can be streamed all over the place. We are on Apple Podcasts. We can be found on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Music. So, until the next time this is derek derek wc wreck and rule signing off
0: hey it's mike and derek you always were a wily old buzzard
2: (laughs) my face is melting
1: So you guys saw uh, covering for the month then if you don't mind me asking it's so obviously uh, doing the movie see. itself are you doing yeah. the comic adaption too and kind well, of walking I mean, through the differences it, it's, or?
2: it's funny because technically we we talked about transformers the movie like a long time ago on the proper show but since yeah i thought the, i remember that since it's the like anniversary uh we this is what we worked out um the we're the first episode is gonna we we've already recorded all these so you're you're our final you know uh you know, you're finishing off the, the month of, of celebration, I guess, but um, it's uh, the we talk about the different movie adaptations. So we talked about, you know, the the Marvel, you know, the three issue movie adaptation, but we also talked about the, you know, like the IDW um Four issue movie adaptation. So we kind of just four and a
1: half. Talked. Don't forget the toy tie-in that came right. with the uh, Hot Rod Rodimus two pack. What was that like? Issue three and a half or whatever they call it.
0: Okay. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yep.
1: So we we talked about
2: those in the first one, and then um, we we did we had planned an episode a while back about certain Transformers coloring books, and a lot of those. Uh, I guess two of the three involved, uh, you know, movie characters. So it kind of was serendipitous as far as that goes. And then, um, we talked about, uh, Transformers 75, like a couple weeks ago, me and Mike. And then, um, and then, you know, as we were kind of coming to it, I was like, okay, well, what can we do for a, a fourth thing? And we kind of, I don't know, we, we were thinking about different things, but eventually we were kind of like, uh, you want to do target 2006 and, you know, so, and then that's when I reached out to you on the, the twitters and I was like, hey, I, I, I remember you, you like these UK thingies, like you want to come and talk about UK thingies with us? And you're like, sure. And I was like, awesome.